Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. I hope you're having a great day. Real quick, if you haven't done it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. And today's episode is presented to you by the great people over at Sugar Fire in Westminster. Amazing barbecue that you're just going to have to check out. I'll tell you more about Sugar Fire here in just a little bit, but giving you a quick preview of today's show. A new way for you to avoid getting intimate with your significant other. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> it's also uh, presented to you by a frog. Yeah. How weird is that? Trust me. It kind of makes sense when we get into it. AI-powered grill makes the perfect steak every single time. But do we need this? Do we need it? The timetable of when Americans will be living on the moon has been presented by NASA, but who's going to live there? Also, Broncos Chiefs battle each other tonight on Thursday Night Football. Taylor Swift's supposed to be in attendance. Whoa, that's all I'm tuning in for, am I right? Anyway, this game could get messy for Denver. We'll get into that a little bit, but uh, I'm very excited. I just got my fireplace tuned up and fixed because it was jacked up for almost uh, maybe like eight months because the thermal couple busted, and long and short of it, I'm too scared of working with gas that I was like, I, I just got to get somebody that I can, uh, you know, trust. So I, I, I've worked with this guy before in the past. It's a company called Ignite, and they mostly do North Metro Denver area. You got to look them up, check them out. They're very good, very good priced but just do an amazing, amazing job. So, again, Ignite Fireplaces. I don't know if that's officially their title of their name, but it's Ignite, okay? Don't, don't judge me. They're not a sponsor. I'm just giving them some free love. Now, that being said, the love's a little wonky. So, yeah, awkward, awkward. But you know what is, isn't awkward? Getting into headlines. Let's go! Let's go! And now, here are the headlines. <laughs> According to a new study, female frogs fake their deaths to avoid having sex with, you know, a potential suitor. <laughs> I tweeted this out, right? And there's mostly a bunch of laughs, right? Michael wrote in, I guess frogs don't know what a headache is. I know, Michael. What the heck? Jeez. Talk about being overdramatic. Oh, shit, she's dead. Fuck. I'm totally going to bang her, too, but she's dead. Move on. Hippity, hoppity, hippity. <laughs> Ribbit. That, that explains why you see so many sad memes and gifs of Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Have you seen those ones where it's Kermit looking out into a rainy, you know, outside from he's inside and there's glass in front of him? There's raindrops dripping down the glass, and he's just looking out sad. It's because he his, he thinks his you know girlfriend is dead, and and he's got blue balls. That's what's happening. He's like, God, it's sad, but God, I'm so horny. <laughs> That's what's happening. Kermy needs to change his thought process on Miss Piggy. That's all I'm saying. Okay, she's always wanting his little frog nuts. He needs to deliver. Uh, hello, Miss Piggy. Uh, would you like to play with my tadpole? 
Mm-hmm. By tadpole, I mean my dong. <laughs> oh, Kermy, give me that hog. <laughs> ah, I didn't think I was going to do, uh, you know, a Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy sex act. But hey, the, the things just took a weird turn. They did. <laughs> Could you imagine, though? Could you imagine? While we joke about this and how female frogs, some of them will fake their deaths to avoid having sex with a partner, right? Could you imagine if somebody did that as, well, a human did that? Could you imagine that? Be like, hey, you want to get a little frisky? Honey? Honey? Oh, my God. Oh, my. It would be so tragic. And then the, they call, you call the, like, you know, 911. They come out. And then they're like, sir, your wife is fine. Ma'am, can you tell him? Well, I just didn't want to do it, okay? Jesus. You had too many beers, and I got to be honest, your tummy's a little big. It's just gross. (laughs) Ma'am, sir, don't ever do this again. Please. Oh, my God. Man, that would be be so, so humbling as, say, the male in that situation. Be like, oh, my God, my wife or girlfriend doesn't want to have sex with me so much (laughs) that she's, like, pretending to be dead. To the point where she knew I called 911 and still allowed them to show up. (laughs) That's awful. That's awful. Don't you do this. Don't you dare do this. This is in the back of somebody's head right now going, well, it's kind of a good idea. Kind of a good idea. No, it's not a good idea. It's horrible. Miss Piggy. Oh, my. Look at the ham hocks on you. Uh, The world's first AI-powered grill is manufactured by a British company called Sear Grills. The particular grill is called Perfecta. It costs $3,500. I thought that, you know, those like Traeger grills and whatever, there's there's like at least one stage above Traeger that are really good smokers for the pellets. I thought those were expensive. $3,500 for a grill that will cook your your steak perfectly. They all, it also cooks, you know, pork chops and other things, um, uh, you know, like chicken and stuff like that to perfection as well. But what's the fun in that? There's no skill involved in that. You're just literally putting it in a machine and typing in like what kind of uh, of meat it is, and then it does the rest. Whereas, like if you do fire up your grill, whether it's charcoal, propane, or or whatever, I mean, there, there's some skill in that, and it's it's I don't know, I I find it fun and relaxing. This is what they said. The company we noticed there is often difficulty and inconsistency inconsistency in cooking food it's mostly always overcooked and dry taking a long time that's according to an engineering graduate from austin university in uh, birmingham england the creator of the perfecta sear grills also uh, excuse me sear grills are powered by 
uh, perpetuary neural fire technology. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking, you know. <laughs> I've dabbled in that before, my, my, you know, in my garage. Like, you know what I need to be dicking around with right now? Perpetuary neural fire technology. Yeah. <laughs> and that uses dual infrared burners and machine-learned machine know-how to determine how to cook the food to perfection at a blistering 1,652 degrees Fahrenheit. That's according to the company, what it does. So it's like this quick-ass fucking cook. The device user sticks the steak into the machine vertically uh, instead of obviously horizontal like you would do on a, on a grill, a normal grill. On a regular grill, the fat drips below and causes flare-ups, which can dry out the meat and create an inconsistent texture. Uh, the machine optimizes conditions for the chef-flavored Maillard reaction. I don't know if I'm saying that. But the Maillard reaction is a chemical reaction between proteins and sugars that gives browned food its unique flavor. Some characteristics of the Maillard reaction include perfect sear on the outside, perfect doneness on the inside, and perfect moisture retention. This could be a game changer for restaurants. And it's going to replace jobs if... if Depending on, so they're saying that these can be done in, in uh, what was it, like 30 seconds, like a minute or less, something like that. Obviously, I'm not going to go out there and buy one. I don't see the point in it for Joe Schmo. But you, if you have a restaurant and you can justify spending the cash on this and you got a really busy steakhouse or any kind of restaurant, really imagine that you're able to cook it in such a way that it's just so fast, efficient, and it's just perfect every single time. And you're able, maybe you have one or two of these machines or hell, it, maybe you're super busy and you can justify having more. I mean, that's a game changer. You're just, you're just, hiring people to slap the meat in the slots and make sure that they're in the vertical position and then you just punch in what kind of meat it is and there you go. And if it's a steak, what's the doneness that it needs to be? And you're going to get a perfect steak and a perfect sear every single time. I would love to try one of these. As far as, I'm not saying I want to go use one. I want to taste what, comes out of this machine I want to see how good it is compared to somebody that you know is a chef and grills all the time or you know at least makes steaks and chicken all the time I want to see what the difference is because eventually that $3,500 machine is going to get paid off and you're going to make your money back on that Whereas, uh, well, that being said, you're going to have wear and tear and preventive maintenance and stuff like that that you're going to have to do. But ultimately, I could see this being more beneficial once you pay off the $3,500 that I think this would be more beneficial for restaurants to have because you don't need a highly educated 
expensive chef or grill master or whatever in the kitchen. You don't. So we were just talking about how AI is going to start taking jobs. And we've been talking about how AI has already been infiltrating the restaurant industry. You got uh, Chipotle having Chippy, the guy that the, the robot AI, whatever, that is making their chips in, in at least one or two California, I believe, locations. Well, now you got something that can cook steaks, meats, poultry to perfection for a cost, but eventually you're going to make up that cost. This is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. It doesn't make sense to me to have one of these in your home because the big thing is it's quick, but it's efficient. I, I like the idea of going out on the grill. Like tonight, uh, yeah, tonight I'm doing pork chops. I, I made some potato soup for my daughter because she just got that uh, spacer in her mouth because she's going to get braces and stuff. So she has that spacer in her mouth, and she's having a hard time eating food and stuff like that. So I, I, I started making some potato soup. So by the time she gets home from school and it's dinner time, she'll have that as an option to eat because she's probably not going to want to eat pork chops. So hopefully it tastes good. I haven't made potato soup in forever. But anyway. Uh, I look forward to grilling and I love to grill with my son and my daughter's kind of learning. She's not that interested, but I, I imagine here shortly she will become interested in grilling. It's fun. But if I'm in a restaurant situation, I would rather have this, this device, the sear grill, the perfecta. <laughs> I mean, come on. Imagine that. If you've ever worked in a restaurant, imagine like you're super busy in like a steakhouse, especially, I never worked at a steakhouse. Never, never. But I imagine like you, but I, when I worked at Chipotle and stuff like that, like we'd have a grill filled with like chicken or steak or at least half the grill, you know, filled with, with that. Imagine if you could cut the time because for chicken, you, you think that the chicken but see, here's the thing. Here's where you're going to run into this, uh, this problem, is how many can they do at one time? Is it only one? Well, eventually that's going to have to be stepped up because doing one steak at a time, and let's say it takes 60 seconds to do, while that's fine, it's still going to be kind of dragging things along, making things slow. But if you're able to do, say, five steaks at a time or whatever, that's going to be beneficial to people. So we'll see how this advances. And I imagine it will. Sounds like that this is the, the starting point for all this. So it's cool. It's interesting. Doesn't make sense for at-home use. That being said, if all of a sudden they sent me one, I'd, I'd keep it and use it. But it doesn't really make sense. Man, there's just like no skill involved in that, which makes it one of those things where restaurant people, man, you need to make sure if you're really into working in a restaurant and there's nothing wrong with that, man, you really got to make sure you take the time and do your job well, because eventually what's going to happen is your job's going to get replaced. So make sure you're top notch at it. And honestly, any industry that you're in, 
you need to have that in the back of your head is just you whether it's by AI or just somebody that's younger and hungrier than you are. Go out there and kick kick ass at your job. Just assume that there's always somebody on your tail trying to steal your job. That's a good way to, to look at your job. Whatever you do, that there's always somebody trying to knock you off and, and take what's yours. So by 2040, Americans could be living on the moon despite skeptics, uh, according to a NASA spokesman, and they told this to the New York Times. By 2040, Americans are living on the moon. Living on the moon. That's crazy. This is what they said. We're at a pivotal moment. And in some ways, it feels like a dream sequence. That's according to Nikki Workheiser, the director of technology maturation at NASA. In other ways, it feels like it was inevitable that we would get here. The mission name Artemis, which we've talked about on this podcast before, will send four humans to orbit the moon in November of next year in 2024, followed by the first humans landing on the moon in more than half a century a year later. She added, we've got all the right people together at the right time with a common goal, which is why I think we'll get there. Everybody is ready to take this step together. So if we get our capabilities developed, there's no reason it's not possible. That's so crazy. So bizarre. Just imagine like you live up on the moon. And I know we've kind of talked about this before, but this is kind of making the rounds again. But just think about that. First of all, who's going to end up living on the moon? It's most likely not going to be me. Maybe you, but it's not going to be me. They're not going to go, you know what we need on the moon? Uh, a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Would be cool, though. Would be cool. It's going to be rich people. That's what it's going to be. People of high importance, scientists, stuff like that. That makes sense. And, and the only reason I say rich people is because they're the, going to be the ones that can afford to get up there, whereas I won't. They'll pay their way and push their way to the front to get, get up there. And that's fine, whatever. Let them figure it out. Let them go through all the, the mishaps. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be up there, and then all of a sudden they're like, we shouldn't have used duct tape. <laughs> Fire! <laughs> right? <laughs> Who knew you couldn't use duct tape on, uh, you know, all this, this valve? <laughs> Here's what's cool, though. Homes, if you're thinking about where people are going to live, SEARCH, which is space exploration architecture, uh, have been charged with creating structures out of a never-before-forged material, moon matter, fragments of dust, rocks, and other minerals found on the crater-ridden surface. In theory, homes built from lunar resources will allow the buildings to brave the hazardous conditions on Earth's satellite. I'm reading this from a New York Post article. The buildings will also be 3D printed in part with help from Icon, a Texas company that has begun printing homes and received more than $57 million in funding. That's according to CBS News. Eventually, they hope to bring or build a printer to operate on the moon and further human, human colonization. That's crazy. I mean, that makes sense. It, it, it's, 
it makes sense when you see it like when you see those videos and that's like what I've told you before what I love to watch on TikTok is construction and stuff like that it's really neat to see how people can build a home using a obviously upscaled 3D printer I think that's neat and fascinating I'm not on TikTok looking at boobies all the time but mostly what I'm doing is watching construction stuff <laughs> But it is cool, and it makes sense to do it that way. And it will be fascinating to, to find out how this goes. And don't think that this is only going to be slanted toward the United States. You look at what did we find out the other what, a, a month ago or something like that. India is on the moon. They're going to be pushing to do this as well, as well as China and other countries. So, yeah... NASA's projecting to do this and have people living on the moon by 2040, that could get bumped up and there could be other countries living on the moon before the United States, which is just mind-blowing. Mind-blowing to think about. I would rather we try to colonize the moon than Mars because Mars is so far away. But that being said, I don't know. Ultimately, kind of going back to what I've talked about before, we're sitting here going, we should go move and live over there on this planet or this or this moon. We should do that. How about we just fix what we fucked up here? How about that? How, no, no, <laughs> no. It's easier to paint with a blank surface. <laughs> okay. All right, dickheads. Freaking nerds. <laughs> hey, we got more coming your way. But first, Sugar Fire in Westminster, my go-to barbecue place. It's off 144th and Orchard Parkway, so just east of Huron. St. Louis-style barbecue, folks. It's amazing. Baby back ribs, beef brisket, pulled pork, burgers, turkey, all prepared to perfection every single day. It's beautiful. And it's funny because every Monday night I'm out there watching football with you guys from 6 to 8. There's always uh, a beer um, entity out there with me, uh, a local brewery, and we're handing out prizes and stuff like that. And as I'm talking to listeners, it's really cool because they say the same thing. Man, when you open the door, you're just hit with that aroma of smoke. And it's just so nice. The smoked meats. It's so good you like your mouth is watering as soon as you enter the building and guess what your taste buds aren't disappointed because once you sit down with whatever you get to eat you're going to be happy you're going to be satisfied you got to check them out too on social media sugarfire westy at sugarfire westy and chef clint loves to put the uh post about what his daily specials are, and there's so many good ones, whether it's a Bronco burger, which is a double cheeseburger, bacon, brisket, pickle, onion, and Texas hot sauce, or they even have burnt ends on Saturday, smoked fried wings on Sundays. You name it, it's just amazing. But they also have their really popular specialty sides like hash brown casserole, Brussels sprouts and sweet chili, cucumber salad, smash load of potatoes, or even my favorite, the fried pickles. 
It's so good. You got to check them out. Sugar Fire in Westminster is by far my favorite barbecue place in the state of Colorado. They have an amazing bar that you can hang out at. It's indoor, outdoor, so you can just chill either way. Watch whatever sports are on TV. Like I said, on, on Monday night, it's Monday night football, and that's what we do. We hang out, watch the game, and then enjoy some cocktails. It's, it's awesome. It's family-friendly, too, perfect for date night or even catering for those special family events like birthdays, weddings, holiday parties. Maybe you got a big meeting at the office. They're there to hook you up. Sugar Fire in Westminster, just off 144th and Orchard Parkway, just east of Huron. Follow them on social media at Sugar Fire Westie. Sugar Fire in Westminster, reinventing barbecue every single day. I saw this and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Everybody's always trying to get in the record books for something. A New Zealand man bungee jumped 941 times in one day. Why? God, it's so crazy. The previous record was in, I want to say, in the high 700s. And this is what the guy said. From time to time, you, you get sort of like a seasickness or motion sickness feeling. But I just sort of pushed through that and got on with it. So it didn't slow us down or affect us at all. Why? God. I just feel like that's probably not good for your brain either to be jostled around 941 times in one day. God, I imagine you'd have a horrible headache after that. Think about that for a second. Like he's literally, he's getting in a mild accident every single time. I've never bungee jumped. I'm just assuming. (laughs) I'm just assuming. Just doesn't seem like it's healthy for you to be doing that. He did that in a 24-hour span. Just stupid. Now, the benefit of this is the record attempt raised funds for the Mental Health Foundation. So at least when he did it, it helped raise money for a good charity. And that's that's cool. I can't bag on him for that. But that being said, I bag on him for the idea of jumping uh, via a bungee jump 941 times. Doesn't seem like a smart idea. Especially like... I would imagine you would have to change out the, that bungee cord every so often because they get, get worn out. Worn out. So dumb. It sounded weird when I said worn out. Worn out. <laughs> sounded like every, I don't know, sounded like I was like a record. Hey, I talked about this the other day, and it's still red hot as far as the conversation, but... The Bigfoot story in, in Colorado, shot from a train. I posted it on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. I posted it everywhere, okay? All my platforms, at Huff Podcast, if you haven't seen it. It's interesting. But what's even more interesting is the comments. I would have to say... The majority, I would have to say roughly, this is just a guess, roughly 75% of the people responding to the, the videos, depending on the platform, about 75% are saying this is bullshit. This is most likely somebody either dicking around, whether it's a YouTuber, a YouTuber or, or whoever, just you know, trying to have fun with, with people. 
or it could be a hunter in the area, and they're in what is that called a ghillie suit, something like that. It, that that it's more likely to be that. Then of course you got some people who are like you could totally see that this guy's wearing you know shoes and stuff like that. No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. And then some people are like, ah, oh, what does this guy not have Zoom? It's on a cell phone. Cell phones are essentially all the same. You could zoom in, but it doesn't mean it's going to make it any clearer. Here's the thing. I, I, I'm leaning towards it's bullshit. I'm leaning towards that it's more likely a hunter in that area just, you know, stalking some, some prey. That's what it is. I don't think it's a Bigfoot. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That's fine. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take that. I mean, if I'm wrong, that's great in a weird way, but that's great. But it doesn't really make sense when you think about it. Just think about it. How have we not ever found any evidence that Bigfoot exists? Actual evidence. Actual evidence. We haven't. You find footprints and you get grainy fucking video. That's what you get. Doesn't that's not evidence until you have a body alive or dead and it's presented, sadly, I know, until it's presented to everybody, it, it's it's myth. It is a fictional character still. While the video seems fairly clear, it's still blurry enough that you can't make a definitive answer on what you're seeing. I think it's more likely to be that it's a hunter in the area. What I put out there was I would really love to see a map of the terrain that's out there. I want to know how far away are the roads. Is it easy for somebody to walk in that area? But that being said, if you're a hunter, you guys know this, if you're a hunter... You walk for miles and miles, okay? Your car may be parked fucking 30 miles away. I don't know how many miles. <laughs> I don't know. But you know, you know what I'm saying. You walk a lot. So it doesn't necessarily need to be that close to roadways, whether they're dirt roads or, or paved. So I, while it's cool, while it, it would be neat, honestly doesn't really make sense and when you lean on the side of logic it's more likely more likely that it's just a human dressed up now why are they dressed up i don't know most likely a hunter but it doesn't make sense that something would be living out there and we've never actually discovered for, for the basic thing, I'll say this. Never discovered their skeletons. Right? Never. Not once. So that alone tells you that it, it's, it's a myth. It is. Until I see real fucking evidence, until I'm in the, in the mountains and I'm pre presented with one face-to-face, -face, until then... I just can't dive into that realm where Bigfoot exists. It just, it doesn't make sense. 
I know I've heard a lot of stories out there where people hear like a whistling. They're like in the middle of nowhere and they hear this like, wee, wee. That's, I, I assume that's what the, it sounds like. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, a hundred yards away or less, they see what appears to be a large ape. And then, then maybe it charges after them or so. I've heard stories like that. But there's no fucking evidence other than stories. Stories aren't evidence. I want to believe, guys. I listen. I'm, I, I do. But you also got to think, well, what does it eat out there? Because if you're saying it's similar to primates, what do primates eat? What do gorillas eat? Vegetation. They eat, you know, bananas and whatnot. Fruits, vegetables. Do they, are they carnivorous? Are they? No, they're not. Because I just Googled it. <laughs> According to Google, gorillas stick to a mainly vegetarian diet, feeding on stems, bamboo shoots, and fruits. Western lowland gorillas, however, also have an appetite for termites and ants and break open termite nests and eat the larvae. Okay. When you think about that and you look at the terrain that we just saw the video in, and there, like I've said before, there's a lot of parts of Colorado that Colorado is mostly a desert, whether people realize it or not. So if you have something in this area, what's it feeding off of? Well, you could say that it's living off of ants, I guess, but there's not any bamboo out there. So I guess it could be living off of stems and other miscellaneous plant life. I don't know. It, just, it seems just so far-fetched, guys. It does. It does. It, we want to believe so bad. What did Hefe say the other day uh, when we talked about this? That why, why believe in logic when you know the lie is a lot more entertaining? Essentially, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but it makes sense. I mean, it's, it's a lot more fun to believe that it could exist than to acknowledge that it doesn't make any sense for it to exist. So, I'm a Debbie Downer when it comes to that. Warning, negative Nancy alert. Warning, negative Nancy alert. If you have a Bigfoot story, change my mind. I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I am perfectly okay reading your story we'll maybe we'll save it for the halloween special coming up to huff podcast at gmail.com you can either send me a link that has a video attached with it for with you discussing it and then i'll play the the audio on the show or you can just write me an email that's fine but either way don't feel bad about it and don't feel ashamed about it. If you believe you experienced that, let me know. Because change my mind, please. I, I want to believe. I do, but I just haven't seen jack shit that's going to go, aha, it's true. Oh, gosh. I haven't. This video comes close. It does. But the more I watch it, the more I think about it, it just doesn't make sense. It does look like he's sitting down to take a poop, though, <laughs> which is funny. He's like, God, man, let the guy poop in peace. Please. Please.
By the way, the Chiefs take on the Broncos at Arrowhead tonight. And the big news is Taylor Swift plans on being in attendance. And I apparently ruffled some feathers by posting a picture that my brother sent me. (laughs) It's this picture, and somebody messed with the faces, and they did a really good job with it. And it, it looks like it's Taylor Swift lifting up Travis and pushing him up, uh, up against the refrigerator, and they're making out. R- whoever made this looks freaking good. And I posted it on my Facebook page that it still, still hasn't been deleted yet. Fingers crossed that it survives. Because Meta threatened me the other day. I haven't heard anything back. But I ruffled some feathers because I posted that. And the people are like, this is bullshit. Leave this alone. I don't give a fuck. And stuff like that. I was like, dude, come on, man. Have a fucking sense of humor. Who gives a shit? I don't care. That's kind of the joke. You post stuff about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And guess what? It's more of a ha-ha. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> they're together for now. But I don't care about them. I think it's it's annoying that there is so much coverage of them. Even though I posted that, I did that to be funny. Whatever, I don't care. But what's funny is and annoying is tonight during the game, especially because it's Thursday night football, if she's in attendance and if the producers for Thursday night football discover where she's seated, they're going to be showing her nonstop. Nonstop. And since Travis Kelsey looks like he's going to be playing tonight, I mean, they're going to be all over that. All over it. Why? Because it sells, and that's what's annoying. Because they're getting more of an audience because of that. They are getting people tuning into this show, the Thursday night football, that they normally wouldn't get. Swifties are going to be tuning in just for a a glimpse of her. Now, that being said, if she was smart, she would take a, a, a game off or two and then make an appearance again, and that gets people more excited and, like, you, you don't want to overdo it. But that aspect of the game is going to be annoying. What else is going to be annoying is the fact that the Broncos have lost, I want to say it's like 15 games in a row to the Kansas City Chiefs, and I just don't see them winning tonight. They're in Arrowhead. Horrible place to play unless you're the Chiefs, right? They got home field advantage because those people bring it. They ain't got nothing else to do. So they're like, you know what? Let's get drunk, eat some barbecue, and go watch the Chiefs. That's what they do, okay? It makes sense. I get it. And they're rowdy, and they bring it every single freaking time. And the Chiefs are better than the Broncos. As much as that sickens me to say I just don't see it. The Broncos lost to Zach Wilson in the New York Jets. Do you think there's a chance that they could beat the Chiefs? Oh, there's a chance. Yeah, maybe everybody gets hurt on the Chiefs. Maybe that's what's going to happen. But hey, we've seen Patrick Mahomes get hurt before against the Broncos, and then they got, the Broncos got lit up by the backup. That happened like two years ago, something like that. Just because somebody gets injured isn't a guarantee that you're going you're gonna to beat them. So 
get that dirtiness out of your mind. One, it's kind of fucked up to hope for somebody to get injured. And two, it's just that that doesn't mean anything. Next man up. Guess what? Next man up is trying to prove his, his worth. So this could get really ugly. We saw the Broncos lose 70 to 20 to the Miami Dolphins earlier this season. I hate to say it, but we could have a flashback of that. Maybe not as bad, maybe worse. I don't know. If the Broncos keep it close, I'll be happy. I'm not going to be as happy if somehow the Broncos pull out a win because they really need to break that losing streak to the Chiefs. And here's the thing. Usually you play your division rival a little tighter, a little bit better than normal. The Broncos are really fucking embarrassed. There's a possibility they go into Arrowhead and shock the world. But guess what's going to happen after that? They're going to they're going to continue to fall apart. There's also rumors spreading around that the Broncos are really thinking that they're going to trade Jerry Judy and that's the trade deadline I believe is October 30th and it's usually around 2 o'clock Denver time. So there's a good chance that the Broncos trade him away. The Broncos are going to start scrapping as far as they're going to start stripping the team down to the studs. In, in a sense, it's just like, just get it fucking over with. Let's get going on this thing because it's, it's disgusting. I would le- like to see a glimmer of hope for the Denver Broncos. Maybe they squeak out a win. Maybe, maybe somehow... They fucking shock everybody and beat the Chiefs. I just don't see it happening. But, honestly, I wouldn't be that surprised. But I would imagine the, the next week, where I can't remember who they take on next week, but I, I imagine they're just going to settle back into the disgusting playing that, that, that they bring to the table. Win or lose, the season is done. I want to be hopeful. I'm still going to watch every fucking game. Here's that. That's the thing. I am. This is like a big, long preseason for the Broncos because it's going to be interesting to see who ends up making it to the team next year, who's going to make the squad next year. It's, it's a weird way to look at it, but that's kind of what I'm doing. I assume Jerry Judy's going to be gone via trade, I imagine Cortland Sutton stays. Who knows with the tight ends? Offensive line is still trash. They've had some glimmers of hope, but ultimately they're trash. The Broncos defense, trash. I imagine somehow they find a way to get rid of Russell Wilson too by next season. I don't know how they do it, but I can see it happening. Get creative with it. Who fucking knows? But right now, the Broncos are a huge, huge disappointment. And, and I, I don't, uh, I, like, I like watching football. I do. I love the Denver Broncos. They're my team. But man, they are gross to watch right now. Just so disgusting. It's like, come on. And I know there's a lot more that goes into playing a football game. I get it. I sit here in my chair pointing, hey, they should be doing this, they should be doing that, when I can't do the anything that they do on the field. I can't. 
I can't even be a long snapper for the Denver Broncos. That's a very skilled position that's overlooked. Okay? So I'm sitting here judging the shit out of them when I can't even I can't even hold their jocks. But here's the thing. I expect there to be a lot of changes. They're going to get stripped down to the studs and one of the big names that's going to be headed out, Jerry Judy. Take it to the bank. He's gone. He's good as gone. And I imagine Russell Wilson is gone too. Whether that's fully justified or not, I don't I don't I can't really say. I don't know. It's just a shit show. The Broncos are a shit show. It's going to be Broncos Chiefs tonight and it's going to be like 60 minutes of a horrible shower prison scene. That's what that is. Basically, they're dropping the soap constantly and then the Chiefs are just ugh. <laughs> ugh. <laughs> do the math on that one. Okay? Oh my god. I want them to do well, but they're horrible. But hey, we still got Taylor Swift. Am I right? Am I right? No? Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you can. Share it with your friends. Also, big thanks to Sugar Fire in Westminster. Amazing barbecue. I'll see you on Monday nights from 6 to 8. Amazing cocktails at their bar, but just amazing barbecue as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll see you out there. Uh, it's to Huff Uncensored. Let's keep moving forward. Hopefully you laughed a little bit in this episode. I hope you keep moving forward. I, I, screwed the, I screwed up my own tagline. How do I do that? Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.